This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. Good morning, you're listening to The Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mokhtar. The Melbourne-based Swinburne University of Technology set up its first and so far only overseas branch in Sarawak back in 2000. But what makes this campus interesting is the fact that it's jointly owned by Swinburne University and the Sarawak state government. So how do institutions like Swinburne Sarawak feature in the state's long-term plans to provide free tertiary education to resident Sarawakians? For more on the institution and the role of education in building a prosperous Sarawak. With me on the show today is Professor Lau Hyang Ho, the Pro Vice Chancellor and CEO of Swinburne Sarawak. Lau, good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Grill. Good morning. So as mentioned in the introduction, Swinburne Sarawak is a joint venture between the state government and Australian stakeholders that has been operating for almost 25 years now. How and why did this partnership come about? I think um, it's all the visionary of the Sarawak governments and also Sustainable University. At that time, both parties have the visions of um, going out um, from their comfort zones and trying to explore uh, the opportunities, uh, especially in higher education. So uh, at that time, Sustainable Melbourne is considering um, to expand outside Australia and exploring countries in Southeast Asia where the uh, growth are expected. Of course, at the same time, Sarawak government is also looking outwards to actually complement the gaps in the higher education in Sarawak. Uh, at that time, a lot of Sarawakians, including myself, have to pursue higher education overseas or not outside Sarawak. So I think there's a lot of needs for Anak Sarawak um, to be um, given the opportunity accessibility to higher education. So with that two uh, parties coming together at the right time, I would say the right timing, um, they come across each other. And uh, with that, the Sarawak government extend the invitation to Swinburne to establish a campus back in year 2000. Uh, we are part of the uh, now, uh, joint ventures uh, collaboration with Yayasan Sarawak, uh, with Sarawak government through Yayasan Sarawak. So we are considered one of the um, the group of university and colleges owned by Yayasan Sarawak. But with the state, uh, in, in, in the case of Swinburne University of Technology Sarawak, with the state of Swinburne Melbourne, in the uh, governance of the Swinburne University of Technology Sarawak campus. What is the equity stake that the two partners have in Swinburne Sarawak? Yes, uh, at this moment, uh, Yasan Sarawak, uh, you know, uh, Sarawak government through Yasan's own 75% and uh, Swinburne University of Technology, uh, Melbourne's own 25%. And with that in mind, how much autonomy then does the Swinburne Sarawak leadership have in making policy and operational decisions for the institution? how Who are you held accountable to? Is it more to the state government or is it to the Australian authorities or is it both? How does that look like? Yeah, as I say, this is joint ventures and corporations. So we do have um, the uh, what we call Simbans University of Technology Sarawak, Sarawak Campus uh, Council. 
So the council is the highest authority of the uh, governance in uh, Sarawak campus. And the council was uh, chaired by our pro-chancellor and is our also our premier of Sarawak. Mm. And the members of the uh, Swinburne Sarawak Council uh, consists of representatives from Melbourne and also from Sarawak stakeholders. Okay, so it's uh, kind of like they're the board and, and they're who you ultimately report to. In terms of policy, though, how much of it is based on the vision of the Sarawak state government versus what Swinburne University of Technology wants to do in terms of courses that you have? In, in that sense, who takes the lead in those kinds of decisions? I think uh, they come all together. Um, is part of the visions of uh the uh, Sarawak governments and the Melbournes, what are the uh, talent developments that is required in for not only for Sarawak, but uh, as Malaysia as a whole. So we look at the whole regions you know, where the you know, Swinburne University of Technology Sarawak campus can be the hub of education. And also, um, I believe that, you know, with our, our uh, Sarawak has put in more effort in uh, in the post-COVID development strategies 2030s by our uh, Premier of Sarawak and also our Pro-Chancellor. Um, so there's a lot of emphasis on uh, the talent developments to meet the needs of Sarawak economy in terms of digital economy, energy economies, and many others that um, uh, the Premiers are looking forward to uh, establish uh, Sarawak as a powerhouse of green energies and mm. renewable energies. So uh, come all together um, uh, that you know, Sarawak and also uh, Swinburne uh, University have the common goal, which is to equip and to um, ensure that uh, Sarawak or Malaysians are having the uh, skill and also the knowledge um, that can help uh, Sarawak and Malaysia economy. Swinburne was one of the first movers in bringing brand name foreign education to Malaysia. Uh, but mm. in the 23 years since your establishment, the space has become markedly more competitive. We have various yes. other institutions from Australia and the UK, even China establishing branches here. You were, in fact, with the Sarawak campus of Curtin University before coming to Swinburne. So you have mm. an insider perspective on how the competition operates in a way. What is then the unique selling proposition for Swinburne Sarawak, how does it differentiate itself from all its other competitors? Oh, you have done your homework. <laughs> yes, I have served in two foreign bank campus and I would say that, you know, um, that each uh, foreign bank campus offer unique propositions. I don't think that they are the same. Uh, they all have their strength. Uh, they can offer uh, their own uh, niche area, niche specializations to the market. And uh, and they are from different higher education system, UK, uh, Australia, and of course uh, we do have India. Uh, and now the latest one, of course, is Japan, mm. um, China, and others uh, that's come into the fold of the big family of foreign campuses. We do have communications among uh, the foreign campus, uh, especially um, among the groups that we come from the same country. Of course, we probably having uh, more sharing about uh, what uh, we facing uh, at this ecosystem. Um, I don't see a, 
uh, there is uh, direct competitions. I will see as more complementary mm. uh, each other. Uh, as for Swinburne University of Technology, we are good at technology. Uh, we uh, Our vision is people and technology come together uh, to build a better world. Okay. So technology is in all aspects of our doing. Um, it's in terms of our costs, in terms of our research, in terms of our services to industry, providing technology solutions to uh, industry. So we are um, focusing on technologies, implementations, uh, and applications of this uh, for our graduates so that our graduates are technology savvy and uh, meeting the demands of industry now, especially in IL 4.0 industry. Okay, so a very strong technology-focused education. Mm. I confess Mm. that Swinburne wasn't on my radar of private international universities in Malaysia until I did research Mm. for this interview. And that could really be a function of the field I was studying in because I did law. It made me wonder, though, about the target market for Swinburne Sarawak. Yes. Has your main niche been the Sarawakian population? Has that been who you focused on in attracting to study at Swinburne? We are actually uh, trying to be everywhere. And of course, you know, uh, there are so many choice for the uh, young generation now as compared to our time, you know, uh, whereby you have only a handful of universities to choose from. Mm. Uh, but you have uh, lots of private university, local private university, and also uh, the public universities and also foreign front campus. So I'm not surprised that a lot of people think that, oh, I've never heard of Swinburne, uh, especially, you know, Swinburne's have a campus in Kuching, Sarawak. But um, we try um, um, uh, marketing to the West Malaysia. And of course, our strong presence is in East Malaysia. Mm. I won't deny that majority of students are Sarawakian. But of course, we are having 15, 15% of international students uh, too. So um, I think the Sarawak and people start to find Kuching and Sarawak are more attractive mm. uh, places for study. And also with the, I would say, uh, environments um, that, that for studies here is much more uh, welcoming and uh, to uh, to study in uh, Sarawak. Uh, we do have uh, great support from the Sarawak governments to make us as a, a study hub mm. uh, in So and, and Sarawak as a whole. So all this actually, you know, uh, trying to make uh, Swinburne University uh, to be more visible, uh, not only to West Malaysia, but also to other um, countries in this region. What is the breakdown of your demographics when it comes to enrollment, if you don't mind sharing, uh, in mm. terms of how many okay. students are from Sarawak versus other parts of Malaysia, and maybe how big the whole student population is overall? I know that 15% of it is international students. Yeah. What about in terms of the breakdown between East and West Malaysia? Yeah, uh, we, uh, mainly um, we have Currently, we have uh, over 3,500 students um, uh, in total, and uh, 15% are international students. We hope that this number will increase uh, further uh, after COVID. And of course, um, we uh, majority out of the other, you know, 85%, uh, I will say uh, 75% are from uh, Sarawak, mm. and another 10% are from non-Sarawak. So that means that including Sabah and also uh, West Malaysia students. 
I'm speaking to Professor Lau Hyung Ho, Pro Vice Chancellor and CEO of Swinburne Sarawak. When we come back, Sarawak's commitment to free tertiary education by 2026. What role does Swinburne play in this policy? Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. Thanks for staying tuned to The Breakfast Grill. I'm Shazana Mokhtar and with me today is Professor Lau Hieng Ho, Pro Vice Chancellor and CEO of Swinburne Srawa, the overseas campus of the Swinburne University of Technology in Melbourne. Now, Lau, earlier we were talking about the origins of Swinburne Srawa and the kind of vision that the Srawa state government had in bringing uh, the Swinburne brand uh, to Kuching. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the finances. And I'm wondering how important is pricing in Swinburne Srawa business strategy in light of the competition that we have, not only from uh, private sector uh, in Peninsula mm. Malaysia, but also in the state. And of course, you're competing with the public universities in some way as well. Uh, so how does that factor into your pricing strategy? Um, actually, uh, for uh, public universities, they have their own role to play uh, in as part of the uh, higher education providers. I wouldn't say that we are competing with them because we have different segment of market on that. So there's equally that you know, private industry have their contributions to the overall Malaysia higher education. So we are still a private industry, uh, although we are owned by the Yahasan Sarawak 75%, but um, our operating costs mainly funded by the uh, tuition fees that we collected. Um, so in that means, as any other private industry, we are heavily reliant on the uh, tuition fees. Mm. So that's why uh, our uh, pricing um, still, I would say, affordable in the sense that uh, we are for a campus. You actually, uh, the cost that we offered here is undifferentiated with the our main campus in Melbourne. Uh, so you receive the degrees that um, are now awarded by uh, Simbin University of Technology, Australia. Have you had to increase fees in recent years, especially post-pandemic, whether it's due to inflation or other cost factors? What determines when and by how much you hike your fares? Actually, the, all the fees are, are governed by the Kementerian uh, Pendidikan uh, Tinggi Malaysia, so Mohi Ministry of Higher Education. So um, during the pandemics, we have embargo of the so that means that no uh, universities, uh, private university can increase their fees during the pandemic. And after the pandemic, of course, um, that's the, 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 it was eased. And uh, then the, uh, the universities have to look into not only just operating costs, but also at the same time, the needs of the uh, students in the sense that we are offering new, new courses, new demands, uh, and uh, in the from the industry and so forth. So all these things actually um, are factors that we consider when we look at the, the fees. Um, we actually this year only increased by three percent, mm. which is not as high as the inflations that we uh, we are experiencing now. So uh, we are still in within uh, uh, very appropriate, and these are what uh, the universities. Uh, uh, that you know are uh, still actually uh, very much affordable as compared to go to overseas to our main campus. 
So I did glance through the public financial statements of Swinburne Strawa available through the company's commission, which are yeah. up to date as of December 2022. So I mm. noticed that Swinburne has stayed profitable throughout the past four or five years, even throughout the pandemic. Uh, that said, your total revenues have been on a declining trend since 2018. Is this a function of falling student enrollment? Uh, part of it, yes. Um, the uh, student numbers during the uh, pandemics, uh, we I think many uh, universities has experienced um, the uh, no, the falling student numbers due to the uh, wait and see uh, sort of uh, uh, during that time, and uh, and of course uh, we do have uh, other um, uh, mode of learnings like uh, online and so forth, which in that times um, again you know it's a very new things to universities so a lot of universities have offering that sort of uh, mode of learning with a fraction of cost so all these things have impact mm. on uh, on the uh, enrollments uh, but uh, we are glad that you know uh, the numbers since then have increased um, again of course um, uh, we uh, have to come out from that you know uh, together as a team, as a Swinburne University Energies um, as a team. Uh, so uh, we manage uh, that quite well. Mm. I would say that, you know, we although the revenue decreased, but how we maintain, uh, remain in black, uh, that is uh, how we manage our uh, our finance, uh, sustainable. But that is a wake-up call for the universities. Uh, since then, I think you can see that there's had a lot of changes to the way the more deliveries of the university and what's the role the university is playing and how the perceptions of you know, what the university are able to do during the um, pandemics and many other things. Okay. I have a question regarding your international student population, which you say numbers around 15%. It's, an, it's a figure that you're looking to grow. Yes. But I'm wondering if the tragic death of a Bangladeshi student last year at Swinburne Strawa has dampened interest from prospective students, whether from Bangladesh or from other countries. Uh, it is very unfortunate that, you know, we we lost one of our students last year and the whole industry was saddened by the incidents. It's, I think we will continue uh, our efforts actually to attract international students. But of course, we will continue to support and help our students in needs uh, whenever they are um, in need, whatever they when they need the, the support and so forth. I think with this kind of insistence, no one's want it to be happens, uh, especially to the students that we have um, that uh, know, uh, from foreign countries and so forth. So we cooperated with um, the uh, the embassies. Um, and uh, the high commission, sorry, and also the you know giving continuous support to the parents uh, and the families and the friends, and also affected uh, students, uh, friends, uh, that's of the uh, of the of the students. So many things that we have, uh, um, you know, trying to make sure ensure that this incident will not happen again. Mm. Uh, of course, not only that. Uh, I think we are uh, taking this very seriously, you know, especially when these unfortunate uh, incidents. And of course, we learn a lot from there too. 
Now, let's turn our attention to the Sarawak state government policy on higher education. Last October, the Sarawak Premier Tan Sri Abang Johari Oping signaled that the state government is planning to provide free tertiary education to mm. 25,000 Sarawakian students by 2026 at all state-owned institutions, including Swinburne. Was this always the goal from Swinburne's establishment in Sarawak 23 years ago, or was this a more recent policy decision in tandem with the growth of the state economy? I, I believe that, you know, this is the visions of our uh, premier, uh, Sarawak, uh, that uh, you would like to have um, the accessibility to all Sarawak. Um, Sarawak has only 3 million populations. So, you know, we can um, we want everyone to be as what premiers uh, have, uh, have informed. Uh, we want every young youth in Sarawak have the access to higher education um, and ensure that, you know, the talents um, that uh, all uh, we developed could be contributing to the Sarawak um, economy and also Malaysia economy in, as a whole. Um, so um, I think these are the, um, I would say, it, you know, a very noble um, a move by our uh, our premier uh, to look into the next um, uh, era and next generations of economies that um, that he is ambitious to bring into to Sarawak. Yeah. How does the policy affect um, Swinburne's position, I suppose? Does it have any impact on your cash flow and funding? Are you going to require a higher number of non-Sarawakian and international students to offset the subsidized education for Sarawakians? How do you see this policy taking shape? Yeah. At this moment, um, the week, I think the um, Ministry of Education, um, Innovation and Talent Development of Sarawak are still looking into all this I know what's the best model. Uh, I think that I will leave to Premier and uh, and also the Ministry to announce the details at this moment. Uh, of course, it's still too early because um, we still have uh, sort of two years to look into it and uh, 2026. But of course, as a similar university of technology and as one of the um, the group of universities of Yayasan Strawa, we welcome, I think, you know, uh, the uh, the very noble uh, announcement by the premier of Sarawak that, you know, uh, he would like to provide free educations to uh, Sarawakians um, by 2026. Um, I think at this moment, we just want to uh, ensure that we, uh, Simban University, can play a major part to support the Sarawak government in this very noble move, and also, you know, uh, to actually uh, help um, to develop more talents, especially in the areas of, of the post-COVID uh, development strategies, um, and to ensure that you know, Simbans uh, uh, continue to be relevant to the visions that you know, the both parties, of both stakeholders, have set up this institution 23 years ago. Lau, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've been speaking to Professor Lau Hieng Ho, Pro Vice Chancellor and CEO of Swinburne Sarawak. This has been The Breakfast Grill on BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
For more stories of the same kind, download the VFM app.